Guys, have you tried... Mm. Let me ask you this. This is important. Have you tried lemonade and mm. seltzer? Well, are, you, are you for real? Think about it. Lemonade, which I... you love... And seltzer, which you also love, but combined. Is it's it called like a... sparkling lemonade. They sell it at the store. They in do cans. sell this in cans at the store, Russell. Yeah, but they probably copied me, right? I don't is think it... Sam Pellegrino is like, hey, I know this fucking nobody. <laughs> and he mixes his drinks together in a wild and profitable way. I'm going to rip him. I'm going to get him. I think it sounds great, Russ. Uh, I live in a market where the only soda available is Diet Big Keg. So <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that I can sort of backwards manufacture my own, my own sparkling lemonade. Can I ask you a question, Justin? And this is a serious question. Yeah. If you went into your grocery store where yeah. you live and yeah. you asked, uh, sir or ma'am, may I have a San Pellegrino Lemonata, would they bully you and punch you in the stomach and then when you, when you go down, pull up your underwear over your head? Yeah, Justin, I think, I think what Chris is trying to drink is because that's a smart drink. And as we all know, mm -hmm. you, it's a, a you live in a place of, mm -hmm. uh, of you know, dumb, bl mm -hmm. like blue collar people. I think they would probably react the same way that every grocery store employee has reacted for the past decade. When you ask them where something is, they would stare at you and then they would lie down on the floor completely still until you walked away and found <laughs> it for yourself. It's very effective. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game, only good game of the month. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best lemon beverage this month. My name is Russ Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Mm. My wife is working from home today. Thank you for, <laughs> Thank you for yeah. not waking up our babies. Christopher, <laughs> Christopher it's CC yeah. Lemon. It's CC Lemon, right? Gotta be that CC Lemon. CC Lemon? No, it, it actually is San Pellegrino Lemonade. Okay, whatever. I love that drink. No, okay. Hold on one second, though, because none of these are really lemonade and seltzer, or at least the proper mix that I'm talking about. We're because in the show San now. Pellegrino... We can't keep talking about lemonade. We're in the show now. One of the things we talk about on this show is... Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in lemon drinks and video See? games. You are yeah, my, my lemon, lemon drink. drink. Uh, <laughs> you guys see that happening? Um, the uh, this month though, it's going to be a little bit more focused on video games. You know, they've but come some a long way. lemon drink content. With there will be lemon drink content. Yes, I just I'm just I just want to say I need to water down San Pellegrino because it's too much, guys. It's pretty it's intense. Way can too I, much. Can I also just say I want to apologize to the people of Griffin and Justin's hometown because. If there was anybody who would know how to make lemons uh, or lemonade out of lemons, oh my god! <laughs> Forget it. What dumb town Forget are you it. from? Forget Chris it. Plant? Your your apologetics are worthless <laughs> to me now. Yeah, classist. Um, this was a um, <clears throat> weird month uh, in a lot of ways. There's not as many days in February, so maybe that's why there weren't games. It's just there weren't enough days for it. But this is going to be a weird episode of Besties because we were talking about what to bring. And I don't know, two of us are bringing like four-year-old games. Um, so it should be a pretty um, lively bout, I feel <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it's almost like you guys didn't really have a lot of time to play video games this year. Imagine a month. I should imagine say. that. Um, congratulations, Chris and Justin, for the beautiful babies. These wonderful little, mm. little, little, little folks. Yeah, and you and you guys were recording in the hospital, so we're going to release a bonus episode of that, right? Of course. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I haven't had. I've played a lot of um, played a lot of idle games to try to keep just like keep it have something to do because I yeah. uh, there's a lot of staying up late, and I don't really have the mental capacity for most games. But like, I can click on a. I spent fucking literally a dozen hours on an idle game that I'm currently trying to remember the name of and cannot. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. God. Boy. Justin. Idle click hero <laughs> lords? Idle something. So there's <laughs> one that's like idle heroes, maybe? I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
I feel like I've had the exact opposite where I started playing Monument, not Monument Valley 2. Oh my gosh. What's the, the surf on sand game? Journey? Oh, uh, no, the, 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 the mobile one, uh, Odyssey, Alto's oh, Odyssey. Alto's, Alto's yeah. Adventure. And like, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Something I can play uh, anytime I want. Uh, super easy, relaxing. And I don't know, I sunk like an hour and a half into it off and on. And I was chasing some dumb objective where I have to perform a certain type backflip off of a certain cliff to just progress. And my reaction now is like, I have literally one hour in the day that is for me. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, why am I doing hero, anything that is not joyful? Almost a hero was the name of Thank this, you, this game. And it's a clicker <laughs> game with, that requires oh my gosh. a little bit of skill and strategy because you really do have to optimize what mystical gems uh -huh. you're upgrading sure. to clear the boss monsters oh. more yeah. quickly. If you like this sort of game, it's a very good one. It's called Almost a Hero. It's Check Soda it Dungeon out. again. What? Yeah. It's all it's oh, Soda I Dungeon. I wish again. it had the Soda Dungeon levels of depth <laughs> and interactivity. I, I want to go back to Chris Plant's yeah. hour a day. What do you do in that hour, Chris Plant? Right now? Not oh, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I've expanded. I think I probably have like two and a half hours now. Whoa. What? Yeah. Where are you getting um, Oh, you only got one. All right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went through a similar thing like last, last year, and it's honestly why I sort of bumped with a lot of the games that we brought to Besties or that you guys brought to Besties. We were, it's funny, we were literally, right before we started recording, Russ was talking about how he was playing um, Horizon. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and that's one game that's just like, the intro to that was a little too slow for my taste. And I was like, well, if this is it, like, I don't, I appreciate it. It's a very good game, but like, I just don't have the time. I I, I don't know. I, I, I am so vicious about how I spend my, my free time with games these days. Like it, it's gotta be a jammer or no, thank you. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, <laughs> Very um, picky. Does anybody have any other... Um, honorable mentions that they want to bring i, I played I've a lot of fucking monster hunter at like three in the morning if you saw me pop on there get get a few anginaths there around 4 a.m i'm was playing it guy hoops they thought they were fine oh it's 4 a.m <laughs> we're good we're good let's get yeah. out there poker poker uh, night down in my den <laughs> monster hunter don't bring your <laughs> uh, you know bring all your gems it's not gonna be fine there's nobody there to, to hunt us now um, it clicked for me finally. I was talking last month about how I couldn't get into these games, and it did click for me, mostly when one monster pile-drived another monster through a bunch of raptors so and a great. tree fell on him. I was like, okay, this game is it's fucking, fucking badass. Incred it is, I've now spent a, a lot of time. This is basically the only game that I played in February. Uh, like, all my free time was spent playing Monster Hunter World. It is a... I, I really talked it up last week and how it was a great game. I think it's a fucking masterpiece, and I think it's going to be pretty tough to dethrone it in my mind but, for, for But the here's what I'm going to say. As someone that is now playing through Horizon very late, it is interesting because they obviously have a lot of similarities, specifically the idea of like breaking certain parts of a monster off to weaken them. And it, I can't help but think, like, I wish 
that like Monster Hunter controlled as smoothly as Horizon oh, does. You're, See, what's it, you're wrong. What's oh, interesting is I actually felt that the game didn't click with me until I found the, <clears throat> and I think a lot of people could probably have this experience, until I found the weapon that made it feel like the kind of game I wanted to play. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was enjoying a that lot was with the too, long yeah. sword. And then um, when I finally started using the bow, I had the level of flexibility sort of you're talking about to, to uh, take out the specific parts that I was looking for. And yeah. I had enough distance usually that like I wasn't just getting my shop wrecked constantly. And it was when I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is how I want to play. And this weapon really like matches my play style. And I think that that's really interesting and cool that like it really does make it a completely different game depending on what, what items you, you know, are proficient yeah. in. You talked about the controls not not being smooth, but like I I I I used to think that way until I played a, a lot of Monster Hunter and now I recognize that like it is a different way of handling combat than any other game really tries for in so far as that it is entirely just about sort of like animation priority rather than just like j jamming on a button in this like fluid yeah. um like co cookie cutter kind of way uh, it's almost more like a rhythm game in that regard and sure. every every weapon category kind of has its own rhythm that you have to the master and every monster has its own rhythm and then figuring out like what attacks you can get in where during which animations and how your animations are <coughs> oh boy <coughs> he got so worked up too excited and how and now your animations can kind of like interrupt theirs is like it's a it's a different way of doing it. But I would argue that it is not like un I, unsmooth. I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, you know, in all fairness, I also like haven't at once I like once it clicked for me and I like understood why people play these games. I haven't had a driving desire to go back weirdly because huh. it was like, oh, this is awesome. Totally. But, like, I know that I'm 15 to 30 hours away from, like, the, like, intense micromanagement, like, min-maxing elements to the point where I was like, I don't... Sure. I'm good. And then I just haven't gone back. I like it, and I'm excited, like, once it comes to a platform that I, like, Switch. I mean, World won't come to Switch because it can't run, but, like, another Monster Hunter game coming to Switch. I mean, there is Double be... Cross that came to Japan, I but never came to very and, and it, straight It would be hard it, to go back at this yeah. point it, yeah it didn't come to america because this was still despite the fact that it's been running for a long time and usually found uh a lot of success in japan this was not a you know smash hit franchise for them until monster hunter world is one of uh if not the best-selling game in capcom's history it is yeah. a it is a huge hit for them and now because of that like i, I that's what makes me so excited one that more people are playing it because this is a franchise i'm enthusiastic about but also because like they're going to do so much more shit with it now that it's commercially viable worldwide. Like that yeah. rules. Uh, um, anyway, that's a, that's an old game. That is, I played a game called slay the spire, uh, that I think has been out for oh, yeah. a while. It's, uh, it's a really cool, like deck building roguelike RPG. Um, where, and I, what's the platform? Uh, I played it on steam. Um, it is, I, I should say I've not spent too much time playing it, but basically you are in a dungeon and, uh, you're, you're going through battles and, uh, as you like complete battles, you sort of move down this branching pathway of a map. So you're choosing whether you want to go into like a battle with a regular enemy or a tough battle with more rewards or like a rest area where you can heal or a shop. Um, and every round of battle you have like, uh, like three energy points say and you spend those on the cards that you draw out of your deck um and some you know different abilities take different amounts of energy so you're trying to figure out how to uh best utilize each turn and you see what the, your enemy your your opponent's about to do and you try to figure out the best way to sort of like counteract that while dealing damage and not taking too much damage yourself because it sort of lasts it, it, it carries on from round to round that's like the basics of it and but but the game is so smart about how much variety there is in all the different cards you collect and and your deck is something that you are building as you go like each fight you might find one or two new cards and you have to choose which ones you add in there's also certain opportunities you'll have to actually remove cards from your deck because maybe you've hit a point where they're just too weak to be viable or your deck strategy has gone in a different way and so now you want to just get those cards out so you're not pulling just trash while you're while you're going through a fight it is a it's a, it's a really slick game that i i want to invest more time into It'd be a lot easier to do so if it was on mobile or something like that but it's a it's a good little game 
Anyone else with? Yeah, I I have the generic. Uh, hey, thing is good on Switch with Bayonetta and Bayonetta Two. Um, I'm. I don't shocked. think the first game is good. What? I don't think the first game is that good. The first oh. game is not nearly as good as Bayonetta 2. Yeah, uh, the second one is excellent. The second people who are good. casual action game players. Yeah, the casuals. Um, Bayonetta 2, oh my god. Bayonetta 2 also just feels like a final draft of Bayonetta 1. Like, they finally got to do the thing they wanted to do. It's um, also past that era. I think we did probably talk about Bayonetta 2 like two years, three, four years ago on the podcast when it first came out. But they also when the first one came out, was in the thick of Gears of War, like, next-gen Browns, which oh, is, yeah. say, like, dreary and, like, depressing. And Bayonetta 2 is, like, very much not that. It's colorful and silly and over-the-bright. Very yeah. bright. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was shocked, one, how well it runs, and two, at, with having had trouble with um, shooters on Switch, though, I, I will say, I went back to Doom after the patch update, yeah, that and made a big difference. Cow, I can totally it play it now. Huge difference. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what I found with Bayonetta is that you could play this really complex action game and feel like you're getting the input right, and also just runs beautifully. I assume it's running better than it did on Wii U, um, in handheld mode, which is. I mean, it's funny to wild. say it runs. I mean, it run, ran really well on Wii U, but, like, it's also a four-year-old game that ran really well on Wii U. Yeah, like, so if it not, didn't run well, yeah, <laughs> that I mean, would be a problem. If you look at it, it does not look like a game that should run well on... No, you're right. It's amazingly well-optimized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I want to mention is a game called Membrane, which is a kind of side-scrolling, not even that, like, puzzle platformer shooter uh that's 2d from nyu it i don't think it's published by uh adult swim but it has that kind of like grimy zine old adult swim aesthetic and i believe you are like a creature inside a hallucinogenic body and you have to collect like little balls that are located located on each kind of room I know this is very plain. I'm sounding. watching a clip of this right now, and good luck describing yeah. this fucking game. Well, the, the, the simple mechanic well, of it is you can shoot two things at first. Uh, one, uh, projectiles, they stick. So you can, like, if you shoot them against a wall, it'll make a bridge that comes out from the wall, but it's somewhat physics-influenced. So, like, if it's too big, it'll weigh it down, and it'll, like, droop towards the ground. Or you could shoot beneath you to, like, b put yourself up onto the top of a tower. And then you can shoot another object that disintegrates those things. And then you have to collect the residue to, like, build up your ammunition of the sticky goop that you use to navigate spaces. So it's, it's not really a, like, shooter scrolly thing. You are more, like, I don't know, kind of 2D portal-y. Yeah, that, like, it's yeah. 2D portal. Using... Like that 2D flash portal game yeah, that came out. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just very smart. Um, it has some issues that I think all of these games have if they are not made by Valve or Nintendo in that the ramping up of difficulty is a little messy. Um, I found myself like, I would have like very hardcore like, oh, I am now suddenly just really hitting my head against something early on and then getting past it and like zipping past a few levels. Yeah. Um, but, but beyond that, man, it, it's really fun and it is a perfect game for switch in that it's those like here's just a small level that uh would work on on mobile on a phone but having the control of switch makes it so much more enjoyable yeah this looks neat this looks like something i can get into i haven't played like a good like um i feel like a couple years ago i was playing like four like puzzle platformers 2d and 3d like a year <laughs> and i haven't really played a good one in a while I was watching clips from, uh, you remember that game Antichamber? I was oh, watching yeah. clips from that and getting all nostalgic because I played that for a long time. All right, what's the, what, are we, what are we doing this time? Let's just bring, start. Let's picks. bring it for real. Bring the heat. Yeah. Uh, I'll start. Um, I am bringing a game called The Fall 2 Unbound. Now, if you uh, remember The Fall, that would be uh, surprising. Because The Fall Part 1 was released, uh, like, four years ago? 
And it was supposed to be an episodic game, I suppose. This is from a developer called Over the Moon um, that I have to assume is a small, small house. But it was released in May of 2014, the first one. Um, and if you haven't played it, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't, uh, I won't sort of spoil what the the hook of it is, but uh, the fall is about the relationship uh, of a, an AI combat uh, a combat-based AI that is piloting a suit, basically, to try to get a um, astronaut, I think, back home. Again, it's been many years since I played the original Fall. Um, but it's uh, uh, about, about the AI sort of becoming aware of itself and uh, creating its own determination. And the Fall Part 2 is sort of about the AI uh, deciding that its number one rule is now to preserve itself, and it is going to find the user that is trying to get rid of it and destroy them. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, but the Arid, which is the name of the AI, does not currently, as the game begins, have a body to speak of. So you're, the game is sort of in two different... Um, phases if you want to call them that i guess realities i don't know but um in in the one reality you are arid but you're sort of piloting arid inside uh, an ai software consciousness that is represented physically think like reboot or something like that a lot more simple than that but you're within the programming and you're trying to find basically nodes that can help you uh, connect to the outside world somehow and when you're in that reality there is some light uh run and gun uh 2d like um action where you've got a pistol and you're shooting uh rogue programming that is trying to destroy you and then you find nodes and i i think there's like three different ones so it's sort of broken up into chunks like that but you find these nodes that let you take control of a robot that is working in the real world. Um, And the interesting thing about it is that you have to work within the programming of the robot that you're controlling. So you're sort of like inhabiting the robot's body along with the robot's own programming talking to that robot about what you're trying to do and what you need to achieve, but they are unwilling. The first um, sort of node that you'll encounter is a robot butler that is uh, waiting on its uh, previous owners. I say previous because both the owners have died and are still in the house that this robot butler lives in, but the robot butler continues to carry out its programming every day. So every day it's... uh, making the tea, taking the tea to its uh, gentleman master, and then uh, going and opening the windows for its lady master and putting on her lipstick as it did every day. And Uh, you have to find, I know, but you have to find, you have a goal of like that. The, the former deceased uh, master has information somewhere in their house that you need to fight back against the user that's trying to destroy you. So you have to find ways of sort of interrupting the robot's programming and uh, uh, sort of fooling it into helping you because it won't work. I would eat the lipstick. Eat the lipstick. Wow, you already, you must be looking at game boomers. (laughs) (laughs) Step one, eat the lipstick. Um, But, uh, I, you know, it's, those parts are really interesting. I'm not crazy about the, the shooting parts. They're like, it's pretty bare bones and, um, not particularly great, but it feels like it needs something to break the, up the pace of the other ones, which is kind of turgid. Uh, I would say in another, uh, program you are, um, turgid, turgid, swollen and distended or congested. Eh, no, it's like a... (laughs) Not that. Yeah, I was thinking of. <laughs> okay, let, how about this? Slow. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Slow paced, um, deliberate, if you will. Uh, and in the second, in the, in one of them that I'm in right now, the um, you're controlling an AI that does uh, that, or controlling a robot that has training in martial arts, and that's hand, handled through sort of like a timing based 
waves of enemies coming at you and you have to tap on the side of you that corresponds to where the enemies are coming from. Um, and, and that's how they sort of handle the, the combat there. But those bits are, are, are actually pretty yeah, well done. That, that half of the game sounds really cool to me. The other half does not sound as cool to me. Yeah. yeah. The, the, sh- the shooting parts are not, are not particularly interesting, but they are brief. They're, they're a connective tissue between the, the sort of other more like puzzle oriented chunks. The only other thing I'll say, is, and this is like, I, it, the game's not popular enough to sort of have, uh, the amount of like forum chatter that I would need to diagnose this this issue, but um, I'm playing on my PS4 Pro and it is very dark, um, to a point where I have trouble like making things out, and that's what the brightness cranked up 100%. And I look Weird. when I've looked at like I checked out some videos of people playing on PC, uh, on YouTube, and it is not the same scenario. Are you, are you using the HDR? I that turned the HDR a... off, and that helped oh. somewhat, but it yeah. is not. Uh, completely um, improved. So, that is weird. Yeah, it's a very weird issue. I've never had anything like it on the. Um, it is a dark game already, uh, and and in a lot of the very short on sort of like big vibrant color, uh, a lot of blacks and whites with color just used to like accent. Um, so it, I think I, I could see where it'd be easy for something to get like lost in the shadows. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting. Um, it does really cool. Uh, it it asks really cool questions about AI and seeing an AI sort of like rectify its place in the world and 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 its own self determination is uh, is really interesting. Um, I would recommend playing the first fall. You can get it for ten bucks. Um, and it's very cool and would probably be a nice companion piece. Again, I don't have that perspective necessarily because I played it so friggin' long ago. Um, but there is a recap if you if you did play it a while back. There's a recap oh, at the beginning of this, so you can sort of like play catch up i would say it's not required but i think it should be required that all developers put that shit in their sequels because i downloaded i downloaded bayonetta 2 to play it on an airplane and i got it in and then there's there's bayonetta (laughs) and then there's joe pesci i guess and then there's the Uh, i want to make a recommendation for everybody who is listening for bayonetta and bayonetta 2 is the game is just as good if you hit skip cutscene every single time well the cutscenes are very cool but okay so so i've probably i played the entire bayonetta 1 and i'm like two-thirds of the way through bayonetta 2 and i have no idea who anyone is and that's not because i forgot from the first game i know there are witches and I know heaven and hell are not happy with each other, but I, everything else, I have no idea what's going there's on. There's this amazing thing that I found on YouTube after playing Near Automata. Mm, just wanted to mention mm. that one more time. Yeah. Um, that there are people who take uh, all the cutscenes from games like Bayonetta that are confusing, um, or like just a lot of garbledy gook, and they've cut them all together into like a 20 minute movie. Yeah, and I I've really enjoyed watching the movie and How then I, playing the game. What do I search and for? Skipping cutscenes. I I don't like Bayonetta story summary. Okay, Shinmu um, Two had this in like a separate disc, and it was like a DVD of Shinmu One the movie. And I remember mm. thinking like, oh God, thank you. Griffin, I, I remember like Solid Four did it. Yeah, the, a few places have done it. Anyway, none of this is anything. Justin, that game sounds neat. It is a neat game. It's 15 bucks. Um, Check it totally out. Um... We How, have, do you want me to? That is, that is the highest end of my official scale. I'll do a thing that is not a game so we can break those up. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is Um, it not a game or is it all games? Uh, both. (laughs) Um, my thing is, uh, the upgraded Xbox, I guess they say it's Xbox One X backwards compatibility. I mean, really it's backwards compatibility across the thing, but it's especially nifty with what they're doing with One X. Uh, and maybe the first real justification of the Xbox One X, which is still a terrible name. Um, now there are a handful of Xbox 360 and I believe Xbox original games that have been further upgraded to take advantage of the power on the X. Uh, the two that I recommend you probably have if you are a long-term Xbox player. If you're a Crackdown. real gamer. What? If you're a real gamer. Yeah, if you're, if you're like legit, you know, like you're not a, a joke. Um, Crackdown and Forza Horizon 1. But Crackdown especially, 
I have been so jazzed for Crackdown 3 to come out. I'm still jazzed. I'm still hopeful. Yeah, I was going to say, you still jazzed? Even, uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed it when I played at E3, but let's forget that. Being able to play that game on a fancy, nice new TV and have it run so well um, and look so good. I mean, it looks like running, doing what I do with like Red Faction Gorilla on my PC, where being able to go back to a game and just completely max it out um, and just have it run silky smooth. Uh, being able to do that on console is so neat. It's not perfect. Uh, Forza Horizon is a great example of how imperfect it is. They boost the resolution uh, towards infinity, and it looks great. But one thing that I don't know if they will solve uh, is Forza Horizon, when it was released, was locked at 30 frames per second because it was an open-world racing game, and the game is still locked at 30 frames per second because the game was released with a hard lock. So as great as it looks, you get the sense that, wow, like it it could be pushed further. Um, there are two options on uh, all of these games now where it's so weird because they had to cook it into the Xbox 360 menu. So like when you play an Xbox 360 game, if you hit uh, the like select and start, it does the old X button menu. But now it has Xbox One X settings in the old grainy Xbox 360 oh, menu. Yeah. And you can pick um, basically gra- graphics focus or performance focus, which, again, is not the level of customization on PC, but it still is cool that they are trying to, I think, make a simplified version of that. Um, and I, I don't How, know. Like, like, what is the difference with Crackdown? Like, what? Negligible, what in my experience. I, I don't think you see a lot in general with those games, uh, at least the ones that I've played, just because, like, it's not taking that much to run them to begin with. Like, right. I, th- I think that'll be more of a thing is, like, third-party developers get involved in this, that, that hey, I don't want to put as much resources into, like, making sure this all works. So one really boosts the resolution, and one just makes it run well. Um but the weird thing is, about this is, is like... Is it notice that, like, is the difference... Like, I don't... I mean, I the, realize it's been a while since you played it on 360, but... Oh, so actually, I, not only is it noticeable in that way, I played Crackdown on an Xbox One, like, when they, when they made it backwards compatible. And okay. it looked like garbage. Um, it did not run well. It was, it was a bad enough experience that I put it down pretty much right away. Yeah. Are um, you playing a and, disc, by the way, or can you download no, this? No, you can download it. Oh, cool. Um, and you might need disc for Forza. I tried downloading a version of it, and I was having like some region lock issue. But yeah, it it looks like a very like hands off remaster. Not a remaster, but like upres. Um, it doesn't sure. look like oh, hey, I'm playing an Xbox 360 game on my Xbox One. So I understand. that's a significant enough change. The other weird thing, and I don't know how this is working. Maybe I'm just seeing things, but I had, I tried um, Catherine, which is not listed as one of these like mega upgrades, but I love the game and wanted to see what it looked like on Xbox One. And it looks ridiculously good. It looks like a full upscale conversion. And I know that they're releasing um, that game again on PS4. And they're not on the Xbox. And I'm sure the real reason they're not releasing it on Xbox is because there's just no interest in Japan for Xbox at this point. Um, Or at least not big enough. But at the same time, I don't know if you would even need it because you can get it for cheap and it looks absolutely fantastic and runs so much better than it did on 360 on Xbox One and X right now. So so, not so what you're saying is everyone should rush out and buy an Xbox One X. Yeah, no. Um, but <laughs> this, if is you only, have this is only one, on X. I can't do this on. No, you can do backwards compat on normal, but I'm. It's like hard to tell because so much of like how Microsoft is promoing it is all about oh, if you want this really high yeah. level 4K uh, output, you need to have X. And I I don't know if maybe that is even that. I don't know if maybe Xbox One and Xbox One S can output 4K at 
beyond 24 frames um i don't know it, i've I, I could not care any less about whether that <laughs> it's just i i i what's it gonna take man for me oh, to, get, I mean, to pick up on these x's it's even worse because like i bought i have the x because i was like oh i have 4k i have hdr i want to take advantage of this i want like i can justify it by saying like oh i want to see how it works let me tell you, I have not consistently managed to get it to output 4K plus HDR plus anything beyond mono sound at the what? same time. Yeah, uh, it will. It gets it is trying to figure out HDR has been the most infuriating thing. Um, it and it's sucks. not just the it X. Is, it's, yeah, the TVs don't always my, the Samsung used to say when HDR was on. Now it doesn't. No, they literally removed that with an update um receivers even new receivers some of them do hdr but only some things in hdr right now i have it so that if i want to watch hdr movies i can do that through my xbox to my receiver to my tv but if i want to play hdr games on the xbox i need to go direct to my tv and then like basically input out from tv to receiver with digital audio and then, Ugh. but then with my PS4, it can feed HDR games through the receiver, but I haven't gotten like Ugh. HDR movies on Netflix to work. You I know mean, what it always works? Just a pack of playing cards. Yeah. Well, I mean, never also, fails. Also, it just never <laughs> feels worth it. Like, I, I know everybody loves all of that stuff, but when you have that much headache, it it would need to be drastic to feel like oh I'm I'm really glad that I used two hours to yeah, figure yeah, this out and and the brights are brighter. Um, we don't have to do halftime, right? You want to talk more about lemonade? Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. 
That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Griffin, what did you bring? <laughs> um, I brought a game that is probably going to be a top five contender for me this year. I'm so deeply in love with it. It is called Into the Breach. Damn, you are you're filling up your uh, your goatee slots here in well, here's the a, beginning here's of March. Um, Monster Hunter World, Celeste, and uh, Into the Breach, right? These three are definitely going to be part of the conversation for me when we get How to the end of the year. Subnautica and I, slide past Celeste, and uh, you know what? I stand by it as yeah. someone that went back and actually finished Subnautica. I'm not downing Subnautica. I'm just no. It's better. It's great. It's very good. Right? <laughs> really? I, yeah. Okay, but I, I will say this: we I had not finished Celeste when we talked about it last week and or, or last month, and the ending of that game blew me the fuck away. And you still haven't seen the real ending. Um, I, so I've actually been going back to do the 100% collectibles. I adore that game. Anyway, did you do the volcano thing? That's what I'm working on now. I just got enough hearts to do it. Okay. Oh, okay. So great level, uh, into the breach is the new game from subset games, which you may remember from FTL, uh, faster than light, which was, uh, a very good game. I loved it. I know that I think Russ was probably the biggest kind of uh advocate for it here. I love FTL. Uh, yeah, it's a great game. It, it was a roguelike uh, where you piloted a spaceship and the spaceship had different sort of stations and you had to assign pilots to those stations and assign power to those stations and you would get very complicated, very complicated, um, kind of deliberate in that you knew based on like what your ship was capable of and how you would assign pilots and power kind of how a fight was going to play out. Um, you would see the enemy ship and kind of see what they were capable of, figure out your plan of attack and react to theirs um in in a way that was like i said like kind of kind of deliberate you could pretty much figure out what was going on that game i never finished it um mostly because one i still feel like uh, i still felt like even though it was kind of deliberate and how it showed you how a battle was going to play out it wasn't always like a hundred percent clear and there was a lot of fingers crossed man i hope that they don't attack yeah me the here. learning curve was long not just learning curve there was an element of of randomness to it sure that's um, true not, and, and it wasn't oppressive it wasn't like constant but it was like if you got attacked in the one spot where you didn't want to get attacked it was like oh well that, yeah. there goes my whole fucking plan um the, and also the other problem with that game is that the final boss was uh kind of bad and it really yes. required you to have your ship built in a very specific way and you could play through the game with a ship and blow through it and and be firing on all cylinders. But then when you got to this one boss fight at the end, it was like, oh, well, I didn't have the exact ship I needed to take this down. And that was frustrating and, and not great design. Still a good game yeah. uh, and, a, and a sort of revolutionary one for like the the roguelike kind of uh, genre. I think Into the Breach is in every conceivable way a better game and a sophistication of those of that like roadmap that ftl laid out for it yeah i agree it is a game that that takes place uh it is sort of a strategic turn-based mech combat game where you control three mechs on an on an eight by eight grid map uh or rather a series of of missions that take place on these eight by eight grids it's like an isometric point of view isometric point of view cool pixel graphics um and every turn you control these three mechs and you can move and take one action uh, with with your mechs and you'll be taking those actions in response to uh these these your enemies who are these usually massive insects called the vec um and every turn the enemies will move and they will ready an attack and maybe that means that there is a, a hornet that is going to stab forward on its next turn. Or maybe there's a beetle that's going to launch like some explosive goo on its next turn. Uh, or maybe there's a beetle who's going to charge forward and attack whatever it collides with on its next turn. Uh, there will also be other sort of things that will happen in these like preparation stages. You will see cracks start forming in the ground. And this is where new enemies are going to spawn uh, on the on the next turn. Um, and if you can put something on top of those cracks, you will block that spawn for for one turn and deal damage to whatever's on top of it but you see laid out before you what is going to happen and then you have one turn to prevent it Mm -hmm. and i there's so many things that play into that um that make this game 
a, a, a I've spent um, last night. I finished my first hard mode run uh, of of this game. It took me about four hours, which is significantly longer than any other run that I've had to take. And that is because I spent one turn. I spent about fifteen minutes just looking at this eight by eight grid and these basically like four enemies that were attacking and tried to figure out what I could do to prevent damage to the, the different buildings that are all around. Because every time a building is attacked, you lose grid power, which is kind of like your, your health bar. Right. Um, if you take too much grid power damage, you lose the game. Also trying to figure out how to keep my mechs from getting to destroyed. Cause if your mech gets destroyed, you can't use them for the rest of the battle and the pilot inside of it dies. Um, and what's, and also trying, and also, also trying to figure out how to do things like uh block spawns and yeah. uh push enemies into the path of other enemies so that their attacks will not only hit not hit buildings and not hit mechs they will actually deal damage to the enemy team i spent 15 minutes just like there's gotta be a fucking solution in here somewhere i just have to find it and what's so satisfying about this game and the way that it's built and the different variety in the mechs and the different attacks that you can use as those mechs and then different upgrades that you can get they're almost always is there almost always is a solution it's just a question of are you going to be able to to figure it out and and i think what's amazing because when i first started playing the game you know and and still i mean there's similarities to games like fire emblem turn-based strategy games like this but what's amazing is we're talking about you always only have three mechs like that's the maximum number of units that you could possibly move and the sheer number of options that you have with those three mechs and their minimal moves, as Griffin attested, is outrageous. It's just so cool so, that you can. But it's really. It's, like, I want to get. It's like all simple. Like in on theory, yes. in the surface, if you were to like write it out, like okay, I could punch that thing. Oh, okay, well right. it'll do two damage. Okay, that's easy to to understand. Okay, well if you punch it, it's gonna fly back one square and hit that other thing and do damage oh cool well i wanted to do damage to both okay cool but there's this other thing where there's a a sort of one of the uh vec is like boosting all the enemies where if they die they'll put out an explosion okay so if you hit that one it's going to kill that one and then it'll explode and your other mech is next to that so aren't you going to want to move that first okay well now it's in the way of this like it's it's layers upon layers on layers but it's and all you can very see conceivable. all that yeah you can like see it you can it's visualize so it so visual the, oh, the, the, the secret to the game and like the the way to succeed when you try to take on hard mode which is like and again like it's a be- i think it's a better game than ftl because it, it while ftl was kind of deliberate in how it showed you what was going to happen in each fight there is no confusion in into the breach you see exactly what's going to happen and it is usually a lot it is when you first see the enemy's moves laid out on the grid before you it is chaos and it seems fucking impossible in hard mode there could be six enemies on the map all about to take individual actions either threatening your mechs or threatening buildings and you've only got the three mechs or if you get the acid tank deployables or have like special map sort of considerations because each mission is different sometimes there's like a tidal wave that'll come in that you can push enemies into there are you know mines on the map that you can push enemies into to freeze them or kill them um but you only have these three moves most of the time how how can i like how can i spend my three moves negating six enemy actions yeah so so the game really becomes about um making your one turn accomplish two or three or even four things whether that is Say you move like a an artillery like long range attack mech onto a spawn spot. Uh, that's that's like one move in the future that you have saved yourself, right? That's one enemy you don't have to deal with in the future. So that's like yeah. one action you've done, and then you shoot into an enemy to knock it so that its attack isn't going to hit a building okay that's a second thing that you've accomplished and also when you moved it you pushed it in the way of another enemy whose attack you have also now blocked that's three things that now you've accomplished like that's the that is what you have to try to figure out and trying to figure out those combos that you can use to maximize your efficiency with each turn like that's the level of complexity and and there's not just one solution for these things there's 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 hundreds there's dozens if not hundreds of of solutions that you can accomplish again with these three mechs taking one action each can you talk I didn't a really little bit about, about, it. about the uh, uh oh sorry but uh i just want to ask something could you talk a little bit about progression because 
even if somebody's played it a couple hours, it's still kind of confusing to me what does and doesn't carry over from run to run. Yes. So while you're playing, before you start, you choose your squad. Um, and I think there's eight or ten squads in the game uh, that you unlock with coins, and you earn those coins by completing achievements, which basically require you to like use those mechs in weird ways. Like there's a laser mech that shoots a laser that can penetrate enemies, and you have to like hit four enemies with one shot, and you get the achievement for that. And each squad has three different mechs in it, and each one kind of has different abilities, like you know, the laser mech or the artillery freezing mech that can shoot like a freezing blast at an enemy or uh, a mech that can jump forward. And whenever it lands, it knocks everybody away. Um, so, so you have like those different teams. You also have a, you have one pilot that you start out with. You can choose what mech that they go in. And that pilot uh, can be a survivor from a previous run. So if you do a run and it's going well and you win or you lose or whatever, you get to choose from your surviving pilots at that, at that point to send back in time. Um, mm -hmm. And your pilots can level up as they kill enemies, they get experience points. And so as they level up, they earn different upgrades. Like maybe they increase the mech that they're in their max health or grant them additional movement or uh, additional reactor cores, which is a resource that you spend to like upgrade your mechs while you are playing. Um, and, and you really like this one pilot and you had them all leveled up. You can send them back in time so that you can use them in your next run. So you get a little bit of a leg up. It's not huge, but you get a little bit of a leg up for, for the next time that you go in. Um, other than that, progression is contained to your individual run. So as you accomplish objectives on each map, there's usually two or three objectives. Um, you will earn a resource that at the end of each island, which is basically, I think there's like five or six missions you complete on each island, and then you fight like the boss of the island, and then you get to spend what's called reputation, which is the uh, the currency that you earn by completing these objectives on different upgrades. And those upgrades can be different weapons. Uh, you can have two sort of uh, tools equipped on each mech, and they can be weapons or passive upgrades, usually which need those reactor cores to power them up. Um, so you're, you're making these sort of micro decisions on how to upgrade your mechs. Um, and that also like also affects the missions because maybe you do want a building to take a hit if it mm -hmm. means you can take an action to accomplish one of these objectives. Like you, it, it kind of complicates the decision-making process a little bit, but that that's the sending surviving pilots back in time is really the you, only sort of, well, the, there, the only other thing is that as you play, you will find new pilots to fill your yes, that um, too. mechs. Every time you and rescue those... a pilot, uh, either through like, if you accomplish all the missions on uh, all the objectives on one island without failing any, you get a choice of rewards and one of them's always a pilot. And so you pick yeah. them and then now you can start with them. They go to your hangar. And so whenever you start a mission, you can always start with them. So if you decide I'm not going to bring forward this pilot that did another run, I'm going to start with a new one. You can pick from any of the pilots that you found so far. And while they won't be leveled up, they will have one starting ability that might synergize really well with the squad you're using. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so there, and also like you get the achievements and the coins that you can use to purchase new squads. You can also create your own custom squad using three mm -hmm. mechs from any of the squads that you've unlocked so far. Um, it's also, it's funny when you were talking about um, the, the idea of like maximizing your turn, and I forget the term, you're going to remind me, in Hearthstone, uh, it's not cadence, tempo. tempo. Yeah. Feels a lot like that. Yeah, where for you're, sure. Because you are always outnumbered in the ways that like in a Hearthstone match, if you're playing like one of the AI bosses and they have way more cards than you and they're, so you're always going to be outnumbered. So it's how you take advantage of the situation to make your disadvantage less of one. And that is a, that's a really tricky concept to wrap your mind around, but it is so essential to this game. And it's so rewarding yeah. once you wrap your mind around it in that maybe it doesn't make the most sense for me to spend my whole turn going to kill this enemy. Maybe it makes right. more sense to spend this one turn blocking two spawn points because then I gain tempo. I have accomplished yeah. two things at that point instead of just the one thing of killing this enemy. Um, it's, it's, it is... Uh, it is funny because it is the same grid size as a chessboard, and it really reminds me of I, I played a lot of chess uh, last year after I'd, we had just had Henry. Like that was my go-to like game that I could play like on my phone or whatever. And what I did a lot of were these chess puzzles, which would show you a board of a game in progress, and you have one move, and you have to find the ideal move, and you spend a lot of time looking at it, trying to figure out what the ideal move is going to be that's going to either win you the game or capture a queen or do something to turn the game around. That is all this game is, is, is puzzles of 
how can I how can I save myself? Uh, and on easy mode, it's kind of, it's fun. Like on easy mode, it's like okay, you're going through and you're blasting enemies. You can still earn unlocks that you can use in yeah. any other thing. So it's very uh, forgiving in that sense. If you are having trouble with the game, just play it in easy mode. Go unlock some new pilots, get some achievements. And it's, I found it still re- it's like still it was very easy, creative, but it's, it's still rewarding. Yeah, it's, and it's you can still get your. I, I got my clock clean. Like I had been playing on normal, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. doing okay. But I but I, saw, I watched a guide video with Russ in it where he said you know try playing on easy get familiarized I was like yeah I'm gonna try that played it put switched it to easy literally first map first mission I lost two <laughs> of the like six health points that you start out with just got yeah absolutely shadrack because a mission can, break, can go haywire it yeah. can break bad so fast I mean like yeah, with you can't one bad around. turn you yeah. could and again the weird thing is. You can always see it, right? But like sometimes you get to a point, or at least I do, where I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I'm just gonna do. I have to do something <laughs> because like I've been staring at it for so long. I'm just gonna do something and try to push through uh, this like mental block I'm in, and then all of a sudden, oops! Like three buildings got destroyed. Yeah, because you can also put yourself in positions where you go to one. You spend your turn putting all three of your mechs on one end of the map to deal with a fire over there, and then on the next turn. If all the enemies go to the other side of the map, you're fucked. Like you are, you have screwed yourself over. Like there is also a consideration of like, how can I make sure that I am setting up a defensible position for the next turn? There's, there's again, it's, it, this is my favorite kind of game in that there are, especially when it comes to like strategy games in that there's limited things you can do and infinite ways that it can like play out. And, and, but, but what, where this game succeeds is there are infinite ways it can play out, but it shows you everything. So if you can't, if you fuck up, if you can't pull it off, it's not because the game did something to screw you over. It is because of a bad decision you made in the past. It is because you didn't set up these defensible positions. It's because you didn't spend your turns as efficiently as possible. Right. Like so much so that they give you, you can revert. If you screw up, you can revert a turn. Yes, once, once per battle, you can start a turn. A turn no, that's over. just on easy, though, right? Nope. No, that's on all the difficulties. Everything. Um, it is a, it is a, it's a fucking masterpiece. Like it is my, it might be my favorite strategy game, literally ever. I, I think, it, <laughs> I think it is the, I, I think it's incredible, and I. I, I, it's one of those games that is, I learned this had a name by the way, cause I tweeted about this and a lot of people let me know it's called the Tetris effect where if you uh, like expend a lot of sort of mental energy uh, with something and it happens commonly with games and that's why it's called the Tetris effect, you will have dreams about it. Uh, I yeah. have dreams about into the breach about how to like spend a turn. And I, I, of course <laughs> I do because I've, I've spent 15 minutes agonizing over a single turn in a single fight. Like, it is a it is an incredible fucking game and I re- I cannot recommend it highly enough and I hope it I hope it is uh it came out early this year right I hope it is still sort of uh, fresh in my memory when it comes time to to talk about game of the year stuff because it is it's it's such an incredible game. Yeah, it's fantastic. I I hope by then it's out on switch because it would be that so is, freaking good on switch. i keep telling myself i told myself after i beat it on normal mode i was like okay i'm gonna stop now because this game's gonna come out on some sort of mobile platform and it's gonna take over my life and i i'm yeah. looking forward to that but i i can't i can't put it down i cannot yeah i, I can't stop thinking about it yeah it's great um R- cool Russ, what so, do you got baby my my game of the week uh, of the month is uh, whatever. I cannot believe we used to try to do this on a weekly basis. I we can't were believe very bold the were there a lot more people. video games back then. Honestly, because well, we like, did a lot of mobile stuff. Yeah, that's back. what's weird. Is there are more games now? Like I thought it would be doable now. I I really don't know what was going on back then. Uh, we could I don't know four games a week would be tough to do anyway. Uh, so my game is Owlboy, which came out last year on, in Steam. I didn't play it then. Uh, it's out on, um, Switch now. And Owlboy was a game, as I understand it, was in develop- development for like 10 years, similar to Stardew Valley in the sense it was like essentially a guy who worked on it for a very, very long time in a very small studio. Um, and, um... It was kind of his dream project, and his dream project was to make this um, kind of... It's not quite a Metroidvania. It's like an action-adventure 2D side-scrolling game where you play as a mute owl boy, who's like a humanoid owl thing, um, who is trying to save his friends and save the world. 
against pirates and various other critters. Um, it is a gorgeously animated and scored 2D game. Beautiful, beautiful um, to sprite work and, and uh, animation and artifacts, and, and the soundtrack is spectacular. Um, and on Switch, it works really well because, again, it's a, you know, you can take it anywhere. And by nature of it being 2D, it's easy to control and it has no performance issues or anything like that. Um, I've heard I've heard people refer to its genre in a way that really crystallizes it for for mm. me as a vertical platformer because you can you can fly like that's that, yeah, like it the is, whole thing and it's it, very very like up up and down focused. It it is very vertical, but I wouldn't call it a platformer because it's not really it's it's more a lot of skill involved like, with the jumps. The, the, yeah, I mean you literally like float and move around like it's not like you're flapping. Um, but the puzzle, most of the puzzles in the game are more about like moving blocks or like plugging like, uh, vents so that air stops rushing and stuff like that. It's, it's not really an action game per se, although there are action sequences and boss fights and combat, but most of it is about like using the environment to, uh, succeed. Um, and I think those puzzles are good. Um, but I think why it doesn't quite do it for me in the ways that like, similar games have is because i think the world it's very hit or miss in terms of like the world itself so you'll go into a town and it'll be amazingly detailed and you'll see these like cool shops and everything's like really like amazingly designed and then once you leave those like very handcrafted areas it starts to feel a little bit like samey and a little bit like lacking in that level of detail where you'll like go into a cave system and like a lot of the caves feel very similar to one another and it doesn't quite feel like that same vibrant world that they created. Um, and the gameplay is good and it's interesting in that like you you don't physically, you personally do not do any combat. You actually carry people that fight for you um, and you can like swap your companions around like who you're carrying um, and they have different abilities. So they're the ones actually doing the combat. So it's an interesting mechanic. Um, but the gameplay, I've probably put in like five hours or so and the gameplay hasn't quite clicked for me in the way that metroidvania games that work games like ori or um uh you know even like the latest uh, metroid game that we talked about last year i haven't sucked nearly enough time time into it to really pass any sort of judgment one way or the other but the uh i played for maybe an hour or two this morning um and i i was left with the sense of like wondering when the game was going to start like the actual when mm-hmm. i'd be into the meat of the game proper um because right. i was doing like a lot of wandering around and nothing particularly like difficult or yeah, challenging the, and the not first hour as... is very throat cleary yeah that's probably good that's a good way of putting it and um that was sort of the the experience that i had yeah i it definitely it gets better it gets more interesting but it, it the like meat and potatoes like 10 second loop that you're doing for the gameplay doesn't feel like amazing i think everything else is like very strong and again if you're looking for like a enjoyable 2d side scrolling game on um switch maybe you played through um uh shovel knight um i think shovel knight is a better game but i think this is still good and enjoyable and and gorgeous did we speak on the fact this is only somewhat related uh but did we speak on the fact that dead cells is coming to switch I mean, I, w- my, my life will be complete when that game comes to Switch. <laughs> God willing, it uh, runs well, because that would be heartbreaking. It, it's going to run but, perfect. Uh, and oh, all my dreams God. Will come That's got the promise from the dev. Set perfect frames. <laughs> perfect frames. <laughs> perfect frames. <laughs> no one. drops. Yeah, I don't know when that's actually coming to Switch, but sometime this year, hopefully. Coming to because, all the consoles. Uh, Switch, PS4, Xbox. Um, yeah. Those are the My, I, got, some I got uncle works in Nintendo said Sonic's coming too. Huh? Really? Yeah, Sonic's first Nintendo game. Oh my god, I'm so excited. The question is this, will Mario be on it? I don't know, Ooh, but my uncle says... They have a bit of a history. My uncle says yes. <gasps> so, But this is podcast exclusive, so don't tell anybody. S- scoop, don't tell anyone. Um, into the Breach? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, without a doubt. Into the Breach is my game of the year so far. 
Wow, really? I, I have no hesitation saying that whatsoever. It is the best game that I've played so well, far. Well, it's not mine, um, so how do you rectify that, Russ? Well, I'm right, so that's all that matters. It's, we- uh, it's, what are we sp- it's weird, like... I yeah. I have spent a lot more time playing Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World occupies like my favorite type of genre. This like RPG with like dope progression and multiplayer, so you can show off all your stuff and work together, showing off like how you have customized your your character and working with other people who've done the same. Like that's that's my that's my favorite genre hands down, and it's a really good game in that genre. Uh, Into the Breach is such a different thing that is also my favorite game that's ever come out in a genre that I don't really is not one of my favorite genres. And I think that that's like kind of special in a different way. I don't know. It's just, Into the Breach is just so dense. It's like, what is that? A cappuccino? What's the really dense coffee? Cappuccino is like espresso? when you take cappuccino. No, it's, it's like espresso. a cappuccino. It's, it's espresso. You just need a little cup. <laughs> it's espresso. But is it? Yes. 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 Okay. So cappuccino, you just need a little cup. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, no, I'll be, I, uh, it is. I, I that that like dilemma where I'm like torn between these two games is like I'm actually kind of excited for the. Well, well it's actually shit. not a torn because uh, Subnautica won last week, so we're never going to talk about Monster Hunter again. Last month, <laughs> um, actually, we have to do this right now because it's March. It's the end of the quarter. No. Oh yeah, we got to do that. no. But Subnautica won last. Also, month. this is the end of February. We're, we haven't done March yet. Uh, no, no, no. Yes. Monster yeah. Hunter won. Monster Hunter won January. Because that came I out. No, it did not. Yes, it. Subnautica, Subnautica won. won January. It won both months. What the fuck's wrong with you guys? That's no, two we months, haven't guys. done February. Yet. Done, we're, this got, the second episode. Second episode of this year. Right. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, wait. We let Monster Hunter World lose to Subnautica. Yeah, saying, buddy. buddy. I stand by uh, it. Listen, guys. I don't know. I I don't know if this is. First off, I want to say I don't know if this. Decision is legitimate without talking about Metal Gear Survive. So I'm going to talk about oh, that for no. 15 minutes based on <laughs> what I heard about uh, on the giant podcast, I guess. Oh, I'm not God, it's so bad. Is it bad? It's Did so you play bad. it? Yes, I played it too much for the stupid guide that I was writing. It's terrible. Didn't make it it's to you, a guide? you spent time on the guide. You were like, people are going to be just drooling for well, these Well, I tips. figured that nothing nothing was coming out this month. Mm. So I was like, well, we might as well. So March is not, March is is, is a little rough. Uh, Actually, it's not. It's it's much better than February, I'll tell you that, uh, so, oh, in terms of releases. By the way, this is out already, but Subsurface Circular is out on Switch. If anyone played it yet, Ooh. go play that. It's it's great. Also, yeah, uh, I hear it's very good. Turok 2 came out on Xbox One. What the Ugh. fuck? Seriously? No. Um, all right, let's. Do we need to decide what the better game between Subnautica into the and Into the Breach? No, better. no, not until no, the, not March. Until, that's next okay, month's okay. problem. No. I can't understand. Don't I need we, someone don't we to have explain a this Turok news to me, please. <laughs> um, I want to talk about March real quick yeah. because it's actually a pretty busy month. So Pit People came out already um, when we're recording this. That's the behemoth uh, turn-based strategy game, which I'm going to try. I'm very excited. Uh, also coming out is Kirby on Switch, which might be good. Um, Burnout Paradise Remastered, which Fuck, will be fun. Yes. I mean, Sea of Thieves. Um, Sea of Thieves, way, which I'm very, very excited out. about, and uh, Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5. Uh, also, the first um, FMV game I have no interest in playing, Super Seducer, is is, uh, <laughs> is out. So going to have that to avoid at all costs. Uh, Detective Pikachu comes out in Mino March. Mino 2? You're making stuff up no, now. No, one, no one cares about that. Effects game out? Sure. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. March is going to be good. We'll see. Uh... But that is uh, going to do it for us for this month. Congratulations to Into the Breach and to all of our nominees. It's an honor just to be on the show, I assure you. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk about the, all the great games in March next time. But until then, for Russ Freshtick, Chris Plant, and Griffin McElroy, my name is Justin McElroy. And be sure to join us again next month for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? <sighs>